Welcome to the Teachers on Fire podcast, where I profile agents of growth and transformation in education today. Each guest shares their highs, their lows, their passions, their goals, and the resources that are shaping their thinking and inspiring their practice. For show notes and links from each episode, visit teachersonfire.net. You can also follow the show at Teachers on Fire on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And of course, please subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm your host, Tim Cavey. Let's meet today's guest. Today, I'm speaking with Letizion Ballantyne. Letizion is a mom of three boys, educator, writer, and founder of September Chances Incorporated, a nonprofit organization created to show the importance and joy in reading and to increase reading fluency and literacy. Letizion is also a Donors Choose Teacher Ambassador, a dog lover, and an advocate for mental health awareness. You can follow Letizion on Twitter at LHBLovesEDU and on her blog at LHBLovesEDU.home.blog. Letizion, thanks so much for coming on the show today. Are you ready to talk education? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. This is absolutely an honor and I'm blessed for this opportunity. Well, I'm thrilled to have you here. Why don't you start by telling us a little bit more about your current context in education? What does that look like for you? Um, Currently, I am an English teacher at Jefferson County High School. It's located in Fayette, Mississippi, a very small rural area. Um, We're about 85% African American. It is a high poverty stricken area. Um, Our school has about 383 students all together, so it's extremely small. Um, Like I said before, I am currently in the English department. However, um, I've taught fourth and fifth grade before, um, but most of my eight-year experience has been on the high school level. Okay. So you're bringing expertise and experience from different parts of the K-12 the K to 12 range, I guess. And uh, I I can echo some of that. I've been at high school a little bit and right now I'm in a middle school. So a little bit similar there. So Letizion, it's story time. Please share with us about a low moment or some kind of an experience of adversity that you faced somewhere along your teaching or education career and then describe how you overcame it. Awesome. So I'm going to start with the first year that I I was a teacher. I was not certified. Uh, What uh, happened was I passed all of my state required tests. However, there were two courses that I needed on the uh, mastery level. And I just went on ahead and uh, finished my master's degree because I figured, you know, why not start the process and not go ahead on and finish it. And then, of course, with the state of Mississippi having such a low salary rate, um, it's it's helped me tremendously to have my uh, master's degree uh, so that my salary and unfortunately I was um, jumping off subject because I love story time, but I was uh, <laughs> at a professional development recently and I was speaking with a teacher who taught in Florida and what I currently make, she makes and uh, she just has her bachelor's. Mm. So, and she's only been in the district for like maybe three to four years, give or take. And I'm like, here I am. I've been in the district for over eight years and I have my master's and we're like leveling out at the same salary in two different states. So when they tell you that Mississippi uh, has low, it is low. And um, I will, you know, um, 
advocate to anyone, please, if you can get further education to do so, do so, you know, and definitely don't get in the field for the money because it's not there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but that very first year, um, I was actually considered a long term sub, but I had all of the responsibilities of a full time teacher. Wow. So they started me out with a class of 19 fourth graders. And then I ended the class with 23 fourth graders. But um, I didn't get holiday pay. I did not receive summer pay. I did not receive benefits. Um it was, you know, whatever you made as a substitute teacher, that's pretty much what I received each month. But yet I had the same duties. So it was a struggle financially. Um, and then it was a struggle of, you know, is this really where I want to go with my life? You know, um, I've substituted for years before, but to actually, you know, have that opportunity to substitute every single day, but yet your pay is like less than half and you don't have the benefits that come with it. Uh, but I will say I overcame that. Uh, the The high point was I was offered a position that very uh, upcoming year and I took that position. Um, I love the district I was in then. Uh, I was in Vicksburg, uh, Warren School District, which is located in Vicksburg, Mississippi, which is about uh, 30 to 40 minutes away from Jackson, Mississippi, which is the capital here in the uh, state of Mississippi. So uh, shout out to Vicksburg Warren School District for giving me my first opportunity to get in the classroom. Um, but that definitely was a year that I struggled financially. Um, thankfully, I only had one son then, but even having one son, it was still a struggle because I still had to have uh, a second job in order to make sure that I had ends uh, to be met. And on top of that, I was still in school working on my master's. So it was quite a bit going on at that uh, particular moment in time. But I am thankful that I took that opportunity and uh, I made it through. That is a tough challenge. That's a tough experience to go through. And I completely resonate with a few things you said there. I mean, I'm I'm struggling to, I say, struggling to finish my master's. And I've probably got it easier than you did at that time, but man, just just combining the duties of teaching and family life with a master's degree is stressful enough, so completely hear you on that. And I love that you're advocating for a proper compensation for teachers. You know, I was on another podcast a little while ago, and that was one of the questions put to me is, how can we better care for our teachers I think as educators, we shouldn't hesitate or apologize for saying it does start with compensation. When things are difficult financially, that's a stress on your emotional and, and physical and social health, isn't it? Absolutely. It is definitely. Um, and then you think about the, the fact that we create or help create those that make more money than we do. <laughs> right. Doctors to the lawyers, uh, you know, and, and even those that go into the athletic field, uh, we help get them to some point, you know, as far as at least finishing grade school to get to that point. And then it's like, oh, right. we're still left here, you know, making what we can and, and trying to get by with what we get by with. Um, you definitely get into the field for the field, um, for what you do, um, and definitely not for the income. <laughs> so I think it's more of the outcome versus the income. Mm, I have never heard that. I love that one. 
The outcomes, not the income. Okay, well, Letizian, it's clear from my introduction that you burn with empathy for others, for your kids, for those struggling with mental illness, for other educators, for animals, and the list goes on. So talk to us about where does this passion come from? Where does this concern for others come from, especially given what you just shared with us about some of the difficult times you've been through? Um, I would say because of my experiences, um, I've had experiences with mental health. Mental health illness is in my family. Um, it's kind of been down the, the line, the, the generations, I would say. And so having seen firsthand the effects that it has on the family members and even friends or co-workers and stuff like that, I've experienced it. Um, my grandmother, may we rest her soul, um, she experienced it firsthand, and um, but I could relate to her so much. And um, she passed away back in 2014 uh, due to cancer. But uh, prior to that, she suffered from mental illness. And I uh, can remember one time visiting her when she was um, institutionalized and I was about five and I remember going in excited, ready to go see my, because my, that's my grandma. I'm ready to go see her. And she just had this look of, you know, it was a look of just, she didn't look like herself. And so you think five year old me, I'm excited. I'm ready to go give my grandma a hug, get her hugs, her kisses and all that type of stuff. Mm -hmm. And she was just like, it, it, it was a, it was a mood I hadn't ever seen before. But at that age, I didn't quite understand, you know, I didn't understand, you know, what's going on with grandma. I just knew something wasn't right. And she wasn't herself. So um, watching that and then, you know, experiencing that, um, I just hate that there's such a, a stigma on mental illness. Um, it is real. Um, and you can live a life, uh, a normal life, you know, if you get the proper tools that you need in order to survive, um, you can possibly do that. And, you know, people can not expect that you're ill as well. Um, but I definitely have seen the effects of it firsthand. Um, I just hate that it's labeled and I, I hate that we, um, I use the word hate and I don't like the word hate. I dislike, I dislike the fact that it's labeled uh, as such a bad thing and, and it's something that we shouldn't talk about. But no, we should talk about it and we should bring the awareness about it. You know, a lot of people experience it. There are days when you just don't feel like getting up. Uh, mm -hmm. There are days when you just really don't feel like doing anything. And it's not that you don't want to, it's just you, you, you can't. So, um, like I say, proper tools, um, proper strategies and, and just ways of helping of those, uh, become aware that, you know, a, you're not alone. There are others that suffer as well. And, uh, you know, B, there is a better side. You can cope and live with it and still be okay. Um, that's my my take on mental uh, health. Um, also, as far as I love to see others strive for greatness, and if there's any way that I can help them get there, absolutely, I'm on board any way that I can. Um, you mentioned that I was a donor's choose uh, 
ambassador. Um, I'm big on donors choose, uh, and I, it didn't start until November. Um, from November until now, I've had 20 fully funded projects. I'm so thankful, and it's all come from the help of my Twitter family, um, my PLN, and I've um, raised about $13,300 worth of things. I created a food pantry at my school for my students. Uh, I created a hygiene closet. Um, so anything that I can do to help, um, um, I'm all about helping people reach their goals, uh, just, just because, um, that's just, I guess my heart, my heart is in it. You know, if I feel like, you know, there's a student that's struggling with something, I'm going to do what I can to try to help them. And I think as teachers, we take on so many roles that we don't receive credit for, uh, because I've been a nurse, uh, I've put band-aids on, on babies and I've been a counselor and I've been a, a, a liaison, I guess, so to speak. I've been an advocate. Anything I can for my kids, I've pretty much been it, uh, <laughs> as well as try to make sure that they've received the academic uh, information that they need in order to move on to the next level and, and um, teaching those life skills. I try to sneak life skills in there as much as possible because they need that once they go into the real world, whether they go to college or not, you still need to know how to be able to do uh, certain things. Um, also, I have three dogs. Wow. So, hey, I'm a dog <laughs> lover. And um, I am currently working on a project that will allow me to be able to give back to animal shelters here in the state of Mississippi. So um, hopefully I have some more information on that tomorrow and uh, I will be able to give you an update. Once I have an update and you'll be able to share, you know, we spoke with Letizian and uh, her thing came through and she will be able to uh, assist those animals in those animal shelters around here. Well, that is all amazing, Letizian. Again, you've got so much going on. I just think you're kind of convicting me about maybe some work that I need to start doing in my community. But yeah, awesome, awesome stuff. You know, I, I think you're to be commended for everything you said about mental health. And you're right. The more we talk about it, the less of a stigma there is around it. And so many of us have that, those, you know, those silent struggles, don't we? And, and I think on that note, teachers don't need to apologize. Going back to teacher self-care, I mean, we don't need to apologize for taking a mental health day. I mean, sometimes in the heat of the year, the busyness, sometimes you do feel overwhelmed. You do feel closer to burnout than on fire for education. And it's on those days that sometimes, yeah, we just need to take that sick day as a personal recovery day, right? Yes, I call it a mental health Monday. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) hopefully not every Monday, but yeah, yeah, no, I hear you. Yeah, I'm taking a day. I'm like, you know, I'm looking at a mental health Monday coming up soon. And I'll just say that in my head or if I'm communicating with some of my friend uh, colleagues and I'm like, yeah, you know, mental health Monday is coming up pretty soon because, yeah, it's it's rough, rough. It, it gets to that point sometimes. Letizia, we also talked briefly about September Chances, an organization that you've created to increase reading fluency and literacy and bring back the joy in reading. So talk to us more about your work here. What fuels you and who's your target audience? Or in practical terms, what does the work of September Chances look like? September Chances is an organization that I created back in 2014. And originally, I knew I wanted it to be educational purpose or have an educational purpose. I just didn't know quite what. 
So I kind of started uh, tutoring a little bit with it. And then I was like, mm, okay, this might not be where I want to go with it. So I've just held on to it for years. And it was just recently this year, um, I've done some book giveaways uh, to teachers for their classrooms. Um, I work with Scholastics quite a bit and I work with uh, first book marketplace quite a bit and so I would just do little book giveaways online and then I also um, had uh, started to begin my classroom library and um, I would have students that would uh, ask me you know Miss um, B are we able to check these out and I'm like yes absolutely girl come on up here just help yourself because I was just creating the library um scholastic they're wonderful they were doing a dollar book each week and so each week I would make sure I would purchase at least three of those dollar books and that has was helping me create my library so I know I put quite a bit of uh, uh funds into it um and that's another thing about teaching you you fund quite a bit of what you put into your classroom um Sometimes they give you a little stipend or something to use throughout the year, but um, when you actually look at it, that might help for maybe two to three months. Uh, so a lot of times you're inputting your own funds into it. Um, so I would start doing uh, book giveaways online and uh, that helped my Twitter just kind of grow and my PLN grow tremendously because people were always wanting books for their classroom. And I was like, oh, little me can help you know, fund a couple of books for your classroom. And I usually try to, when I do a giveaway, give between eight to 10 books, you know, to try to help with the libraries. And so then it hit me one day and I was like, that's what September Chances is supposed to be for. Um, I'm, my ultimate goals with it um, are to provide scholarships for graduating seniors. So I'm looking at um, if I get the right amount of funds in, hopefully being able to provide at least two $250 scholarships to graduating seniors. And also my hashtag is a book for every child. Mm. Um, my goal is to have a book uh, given to every child within my school district before the school year is over. And so depending on how I grow uh in that direction, um, that would actually help, help me to be able to venture out and um, work with other districts as well. So that is the the behind um, goal for um, September Chances. I look at the fact that we're poverty stricken, but I feel that um, technology has kind of taken over. So kids will pick technology over books. But what if you're given that one book that you know, you're interested or you're intrigued in and someone has given it to you. So it's yours and you own it. You know, maybe that could help turn around a child's uh, thinking strategies sometimes and, you know, maybe have them look at it like, you know, hey, maybe it's OK to read a book. And then, you know, they would be uh, more inclined to come check out books and then they'll be more inclined to want books. So I'm starting with a book for every child. And then from there, we'll kind of see where it goes. Very, very cool. You know, the tricky thing about book reading, you mentioned how technology is taking over and, and I can relate. I think most parents out there can. Uh, and here at the KV house in the summer, it's all about completing chores and, and doing something creative before screen time. And yeah, you're absolutely right. Getting our kids to read more books, such a challenge. But it does start with getting books in front of them that connect with their interests and passions. And I love what you're doing with the giveaways to grow libraries in homes and classrooms around the country. 
or around your area, I guess, for sure? You know, we're starting with my area first and God willing, I will be able to, you know, build from here and go outward. So that's definitely the goal with it. So cool. You've got you've got big visions. I love it. <laughs> hey, Letizia, as you look across your PLN and your own practice, what else is setting you on fire about education today? What drives my passion is trying to bring my students the same type of technology that I see others have access to. So um, the advancement in technology. Um, For an example, um, we're behind with the amount of computers and stuff that we have. So some of the Donors Choose projects I've done, uh, they've been to receive Chromebooks and to receive an iPad and um, just giving the kids access. And um, they came into use toward the end of the school year because when we were doing state testing, uh, the library and some of the uh, labs were closed and kids had writing assignments they needed to get turned in. So I would allow them to use the Chromebooks to type up their assignments and then we would save it either to a, um, a jump drive or they would email it to me and then I would use my printer to print it out and they were able to take their assignments that they couldn't do at home. They were actually able to get them turned into their teachers on time. So I was like, hey, you know, it it came in handy to actually have uh, these Chromebooks available. So definitely um, getting that involved and also um, the lack that they have of financial literacy, um, pushing financial literacy as much as possible. That's kind of driving my passion for my babies at the moment. Very, very cool. Over in the financial literacy area, have you ever heard a name, the name of Dave Ramsey? Are you familiar with his stuff? Yes, I am. I've heard of him um, and of some of his books that he's written. So he's next on my list. Um, hopefully I can do a project uh, to receive um, one of his books as far as in one of my professional development projects that I hope to do soon. Yeah, I know. I only bring him up because I know his company is putting together some pretty good curriculum for schools. I actually haven't gone through it, but I'm hearing really good reviews. Moving on, Letizion, how are you looking to grow professionally and improve your teaching practice next year? Can you share about a specific professional goal or something else that you're currently working on? Um, yes, sketch notes. I've become intrigued with sketch notes. Students, to me, in some aspects, they learn better visually and if they're actually visually creating it themselves. So, you know, taking a vocabulary word and instead of just writing the definition, they can like draw a definition out or give uh, certain uh, pictures and stuff that might help them relate back to the word. So increasing vocabulary and incorporating sketch notes. Um, I plan to do a DC project very soon requesting sketch note PD books and um, markers and uh, paper so that we can have those things uh, ready to start the school year off with. All right. Well, I just gave that a try with my eighth graders this year. So Letizia, let's compare notes as we get into the next school year and maybe we can share some resources there. That would be very fun. And I agree, by the way, I think traditionally we've given kids note-taking templates and bullets and, and all kinds of things, but to sort of make that a little more multimedia, a little bit more multidimensional, and, and visual, I think, is is not a shortcut. It's actually proven to embed some of the information a little bit better. And so sketch noting is, yeah, it's, I think it's the way to go. 
So outside of education, Letizion, let's pull back the covers a little bit more on just who you are. Talk to us about something that ignites your passions outside of the classroom and brings you alive as a human being. Blogging is my new outlet. Um, I've just recently started dabbling with it. Um, and I would love for people to take an opportunity to look at mine whenever they have an opportunity to do so. Um, I'm not as long as some people are. Some people kind of get on there and they just like go. And I haven't gotten to that point yet, but I, I don't know if I really want to. I want I don't want to keep your attention for the amount of time that I can. So I figured if I go in, I hit my points that I want to hit and then I end it and come on out, you know, maybe you leave with something. Um, all of what I've blogged about so far has been um, just very personal to me. Um, so it's a it's a little inlet into my outlet. <laughs> Basically, I just take those jumble of words that are just running around in my head and thoughts and stuff, and I just put it on paper. And then afterwards, I feel so much better. And then I just hit the little publish button. I'm like, okay, I hope people kind of go look and see what I put out there a little bit. So writing and blogging has definitely been my passion uh, so far. I love it. Hey, since you brought up blogging, I'll tell you about a new podcast that I've recently launched called the Teacher Blogs Podcast. And what I'm doing there is inviting any teachers or educators who are bloggers to go ahead and record themselves reading their own posts. Just use your voice memo app on your phone. Email that to me at teacherblogspodcast at gmail.com or message me at teacher underscore blogs on Twitter and we'll push that out on the podcast. And so I've got six episodes out right now. There's an opportunity, Letizion, for you and for anyone else listening. If you are a writer, if you have a passion for blogging and sharing your journey, go ahead and consider that as an option, okay? So invitation extended, Letizion. Take me up on that anytime, all right? Absolutely, I will do. Thank you so much. Share about a personal habit or a productivity hack that contributes to your success, Letizian, is there some kind of a an app or a miracle routine that works for you on the daily? Twitter. I started incorporating Twitter back into my life back in November of 2018, and um, I was at like maybe 400 and some followers, and I've increased up into the 3,000s. But I plan to do a love tour where I kind of go through and I, you know, introduce myself to all of the people that follow me so that, you know, it's not once you start building up followers, you don't get to interact with all of them. So it's my goal to go through and make some type of interaction with each one that I follow or that follows me so that, you know, it's not just another follow. It can be like, hey, I know I met such and such and their interests are and, and, you know, Make some type of connection with them that if at all possible. So definitely growing my PLN on, on Twitter, um, attending professional developments, which I have two more to attend before the month is over. And of course, my children. Awesome. 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 Well, that is admirable, Letizion. I feel like you're going to draw followers faster than you can direct message them. That is, a, like I say, an admirable goal to make that personal individual connection. And we get enough spam out there. Certainly on Instagram, it feels like a lot of spam connections, but good for you to actually take it another level and, and build more authentic relationships so speaking of Twitter, we're launching into the quick picks. And here we want to know 
Who are the education voices and resources that are shaping your practice and inspiring your thinking today? So let's start by going back to Twitter. Letizion, tell us about someone there that we should follow and share why they've been inspiring you lately. Nicholas Baroni, that's spelled N-I-C-H-O-L-A-S-F-E-R-R-O-N-I. And he's currently doing a no summer off campaign for teachers. And I am mentioned in day number 32, but I think it's an awesome ideal that he put together and um, had teachers to reach in with videos to just kind of say that, you know, hey, you know, we get the the slack for saying that we have summers off, but in actuality, we are still doing things, whether it's teaching summer school or going to professional developments and things like that. So um, definitely Nicholas Baroni for doing the No Summer Off campaign. I've been seeing him in my feed a lot lately as well. Love his advocacy for teachers. Next, Letizion, point us to an ed tech tool that you currently love using in your classroom or somewhere in your professional practice. Okay. Um, One that I tested out, it was called Topeka, T-O-P-E-K-A. And it was a trial run that they did in May. It's an um, argumentative essay score, and it's uh, funded by the Melinda and Bill Gates Foundation. And uh, Teacher to Teacher was the one that was pretty much in charge of running it. But uh, I enjoyed using it. Uh, It gave us three uh, different argumentative essays that we could assign to our students. Our students were to complete an essay and then it would score the essay for us. Um, I think they just did it as a trial run to kind of see how it would go. Uh, But to me, it went really well. We gave feedback and then they gave us incentives for uh, participating in it. So um, that would be one. And Flipgrid. Uh, Flipgrid, definitely incorporating. Um, I'm going to have my students to do quote analysis with them and um, also do reflections on any objectives that we've covered. So I'm excited about that. All right. Flipgrid, we're pretty familiar with. That's tried and true. Absolutely. And that first one, I I look forward to checking out. You know, it's interesting to see the ways in which AI is creeping into writing, creation and revision. Next, Letizion, recommend a book, one that you've been reading lately or maybe one of your all time faves and tell us why you recommend it. Okay, I actually have two if I could throw in. One would be The Pepper the uh, Pepper Effect by Sean Gallard. I'm really enjoying it thus far, and he's very kind. And then one called One Drop of Kindness by Jeff Kubiak. A wonderful book, uh, great illustrations, great meaning behind it. I really enjoyed reading it to my children, and um, I also picked up a lot out of it, and I'm going to incorporate it within my school year. So I look forward to that as well. Jeff is a friend of the show. I really, really love what he's been doing with One Drop of Kindness. And uh, so I cannot second that one enough. Next, Letizion, are you a podcast listener? No offense if you aren't, (laughs) okay? But if you are, tell us about a podcast that you are listening to and why you love it. Um, sneaking two in there. Sure. Uh, one would be uh, the Ed Podcast. Uh, it's ran by Shane. Um, I was featured on there, so that's why I like the Ed Podcast for sure. Uh, Teachers on Fire is definitely on the list. But I've also liked uh, Faculty Room by, um, I think it's Marie Servanek. I think it's Marie. Yeah, we'll go with Marie Servanek. But uh, 
love the faculty room. Um, her setup, the way she um, begins it is just she has that laid to the T. So uh, kudos to her for doing that. All right. Tell us about a YouTube channel that you enjoy. And this can be one that you find useful in the classroom or maybe one that you just find personally amusing. I found a classroom diva. Um, and one of her segments or one of her um, shows is called A Day in the Life of a Second Grade Teacher. And I really enjoyed it. Um, I love her uh, perception, um, how she speaks, um, how she relays her message. Uh, all of it is just it just kind of flows really, really well. So uh, she's called a classroom diva. Okay, we'll check that out. And then last question, strictly non-educational, Letizion, just for fun, what are you watching on Netflix right now? Netflix it is Stranger Things 3. I cannot promote that enough. Uh, it is science fiction based, which is something I'm not that much into. However, uh, I'm, I was drawn to it ever since season one, and I would binge watch um, my husband and I binge watch episodes one through seven, and then we save episode eight for the next morning. Um, great cast. Um, I love the interaction the children have with each other, uh, their friendship. It's really, really good. Even though it's science fiction based and you might think it's, you know, strange and it is a bit strange. It's still <laughs> it's really, really good. So I definitely would suggest Stranger Things three and two and one. Sounds good, Letizion. Hey, what are the best ways for people to follow you and connect with your message? Um, I can be reached at Twitter um, at LHB Loves EDU. I have a um, blog. It's LHB Loves EDU dot home dot blog. Um, I do have a YouTube channel. It is LHB Loves EDU. Uh, IG LHB Loves EDU. I kind of keep the same thing so that, you know, if people are trying to locate me. They can find me. They just type in LHB Loves EDU. And um, I will tell you some exciting news that I did receive yesterday. Uh, I will have a book deal. So um, I'm really thrilled about that. All right. Well, we'll look forward to that book, Letizion. Hey, once again, thank you so much for coming on the show today and sharing your message, your heart for kids for mental illness, for other educators through Donors Choose, even for animals, for your learners. You've got a tremendous amount of empathy and passion, Letizion, and we so appreciate the work that you are doing. So thanks for sharing your time today. This has been fun and enlightening. Take care and let's talk again soon. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity. Thanks for joining me today here on the Teachers on Fire podcast. For show notes and links from this episode, visit teachersonfire.net. You can also follow the show at Teachers on Fire on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And again, please do subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Just before we sign off today, I'd like to invite you to leave any questions, suggestions, or feedback to the show in the form of a voice message. You can do so by locating Teachers on Fire in the Anchor app, or if you're on Voxer, leave me a message at Tim Cavey. Either way, I'd be thrilled to hear from you and feature your message in a future episode. Teachers on Fire, I have some exciting news to share. I've launched a new podcast called the Teacher Blogs Podcast, a podcast for teachers who have more time to listen to blog posts than to read them. 
The mission of this podcast is to amplify the voices of education writers like you that are seen, read, but need to be heard. Last week's episodes featured posts from Riley Duick, Janelle McLaughlin, and Jeff Kubiak, and your voice could be next. All you need to do is use your phone's voice memo app to record yourself reading your own blog post. Then use the share button to email the voice file to teacherblogspodcast at gmail.com. If you've written a blog post that you'd like me to consider featuring, please message me at teacher underscore blogs on Twitter. Speaking of Twitter, Katie Maresh at Believe In Yet recently tweeted, Learner Lab by Train Ugly and Teachers on Fire are my favorite. Must check out. And Katie was responding to an invite for favorite podcasts. So thank you, Katie, for mentioning Teachers on Fire. Alicia Smith at Captain Smith EDU tweeted, make sure to check out the Teachers on Fire podcast where educators share their stories, hashtag TLAP, hashtag kids deserve it, and hashtag empower our girls. John Martinez at John Martinez 727 tweeted, tons of good stuff with Scott Noons, graphic design, freestyle, gimlet, podcast, books, and more. Two thumbs up at Teachers on Fire, at Mr. KV, at Mr. Noons Teach, hashtag now listening. Thanks so much for the encouragement, Katie, Alicia, and John. You three are the fuel to my fire. And thank you to you as well. If you've engaged with my content on Twitter, I always appreciate the interaction and encouragement there. Over on Instagram, I posted a picture of me cannonballing into the ocean off of a dock this weekend. And at TaraMartin.real commented, yes, many exclamation marks. This makes my heart smile. Hashtag cannonball in for the win. Make a splash. Hashtag real edu. Speaking of Instagram, my friend and fellow edu podcaster John Soash from the Chromebook Classroom has challenged me to see who uh, between the two of us will be the first to reach 1,000 followers. So I can use your help. If you're not already following me there, please jump into Instagram and follow at Teachers on Fire. Let me know you're helping out with the challenge. I'd love to hear from you. Educators, I'll also invite you to check out the Teachers on Fire magazine on Medium. This week, we featured four articles, kind of a a good week for writers over at the magazine. The first was called Slowing Down But Not Turning Off by Riley Duick. Next, we had What's Under Your Cape by Dr. Sam Fesich. We had one by me, I titled Let's Talk About Assessment and one by Lynn Thomas titled K is for Knowledge. The Teachers on Fire magazine is a Medium publication, and you'll find it on medium.com or on the Medium app. If you're already an education blogger, consider joining our growing writing team. You can continue to publish content on your own blog, and you keep full credit and ownership of your content on Medium. Message me at Teachers on Fire on any social media platform for more details. Again, I'm your host, Tim Cavey, and I'm so grateful that you decided to spend some of your day listening to this podcast. I hope that in some way the content you heard today ignited your thinking and inspired your practice. And I'll meet you next week right here on the Teachers on Fire podcast. <laughs>